Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Frazzled with me, your host, Kelly Swingler. As always, this is uncut and unedited. We just take it like it is. And today I want to talk to you about being forced to take time. Being forced to take time. This time last year, I had been invited to speak at uh, the London XL was an event called World the World Travel Market WTM. I spoke on the futures stage <coughs> excuse me to an audience of a few hundred people. Uh, Stephen Bartlett had been on the future stage the day before I went. I didn't meet him, I didn't get to see the thing, but I think I think that's almost like a claim to fame, right? So um I'd been asked to speak on this future stage, a few hundred people, and I was talking about burnout. My experience of burnout, um, what we can do to avoid burnout. And yeah, I spoke, spoke for an hour on this stage. A few months ago, I was then asked by a journalist who's going to send out a piece on behalf of the world travel market to, uh, I suppose, to, to travel agents all over the world. I was asked if I would give some opinions and answer some questions around burnout and what we need to do to avoid burnout and how we can help it. And that that article is now out. That piece has been put out. So I think I'm quoted in one article and then there's a second article where I'm kind of giving hints and tips to people in the travel industry about what to do to avoid burnout. And one of the questions that I was asked by the journalist was around like what advice would you give people who who are running their own businesses right because these people can't afford to take any time out these people can't afford to put themselves first when they're running businesses these people can't afford to you know take time out employ other people you know do whatever it is and and I kept being asked this like these people can't can't do this can't do that can't do the other so what advice do you give them and I quoted, I don't know where I first saw it. It's It's gone around the internet a lot. Um, I don't know how many years it's been going for, because I know I've been kind of talking about this for a very long time. Definitely wasn't me that said it, and it wasn't my quote. Um, but again, sometimes we see things, don't we? And we think, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've said something like that. But the, the quote is that if we do not take time for our wellness we will be forced to take time for our illness. If we don't take time for our wellness, if we don't prioritise the time for our wellness, we will be forced to take the time for our illness. And that's really what I, what I want to talk to you about today. Again, in the, in the run-up to my burnout in 2013... Like I did, uh, that's what I'd say, but I don't have time to stop. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I don't have time for the other. And my, all of my personal well-being was, was, had gone out the window. I was making time for everybody else. I, I still had time to paint on the smile. I still had time to be, you know, kind of social butterfly. And, and again, I mentioned a talk that I did a couple of weeks ago at a university. I think I had about 90 people in the room 
But I mentioned there that actually for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I recharge on my own. I recharge my energy when I am alone. But again, in the run up to my burnout, I became like the biggest social butterfly. Because it's almost like I was trying to prove to everybody else that I was amazing, right? That I was brilliant, that I, there was no issues whatsoever. I was also recognising that when I did stop when I took the time to rest, it was quite literally like my body and brain were just shutting down. So of course I avoided resting because I didn't want to, I didn't want to face what was happening to, to my, to my mind or body. So I kept pushing and I kept going because if I had have stopped, I might have had to face up to the fact that something needed to change. So I kept avoiding all of that stuff. I also didn't want to take the time to stop or to reflect, because I didn't want anybody thinking I was lazy. I didn't want anybody else thinking that I was a failure. I didn't want anybody else thinking that I couldn't cope. And so I kept on going, and I kept on going. But what I wasn't taking the time for was my yoga. I wasn't taking the time for my journaling. I wasn't taking the time for my meditation. I wasn't taking the time to have a long hot soak in a bath. You know, I was just quick shower in the morning and that was me done. Anything that I would usually have done for my rest, for my recovery, for my recharge, I didn't have time for. That's the story that I told myself. And of course, I did have time. I had lots of time. I was just choosing to put it elsewhere. I was choosing to spend my time on the stuff almost that, that other people could validate me for, right? Oh my God, you're, like, you're so amazing. Oh my God, well done on doing that project. Oh my God, well done on taking that extra responsibility. Oh my God, well done on delivering that talk. Oh my God, like thanks for, thanks for hosting dinner today. Thanks for hosting that party. Thanks for organising this event. Thanks for organising the weekend away. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for doing the other. The more that I kind of do, and again, that's where our brains start to play tricks on us, right? Because we're social beings. We want to be liked. We want people to appreciate us. And 99% of the time, if, oh no, I can't do that today. I've, I've got yoga. Oh, that was a boring. That was a bo you know, come and do this thing with us. The alone time, the recharge time, the recovery time, like that's not the sexy stuff that people, other people are thanking us for, right? That's not the people that makes other people like, like us or want to be our best friends or think that we're the best boss in the world or think that we're the best colleague ever or the best husband or the best wife or the best parent or the best son or the best daughter. Taking time to look after ourselves, we still like selfish, right? How dare you? go to a yoga class whilst all this stuff is happening? How dare you finish work to go and have dinner with your family whilst we've got all of these deadlines? How dare you take a lunch break when you've got all of this stuff to do? How dare you be sitting having coffee with someone when you've told me that I need to wait for an answer from you? How dare you be sitting there laughing or listening to your music when I need stuff from you? 
That's how it goes, right? How dare you prioritise yourself when I need something from you? And that fuels the guilt and it fuels the stress. And so I quote that quote back to any journalist now that says, but these, these group of people can't do this. This group of people can't do this. This group of execs can't do this. This group of directors can't do this. No, but we're choosing. And, and this is where I think burnout becomes much more of a societal issue. Because we've been told that doing the work and putting everybody else first is more important than prioritising our own well-being. I believed that I had to keep going, yet actually I needed, I didn't take it, because again, I was still convinced that I was bloody superwoman, but I was still convinced that I didn't need to take any breaks. I was working from my hospital bed. I wasn't allowing myself time for recovery. Now, that had to come a good couple of years later because I didn't recover fully from that first burnout. Let me tell you, burnout number two was like I had been hit by a bulldozer and then punched in the face about 50 times by Mike Tyson and then, you know, just kind of left in a pile on the floor. And then it's like, oh, right, okay, yeah, I get, I get, like, get the message now. Now I need to do something differently. Now I need to start to pay attention. And I was forced to deal with my illness. I had at least three months where I was no use to anybody at all. And as a business owner, I was two years into starting my business at that point. If you had said to me, you're going to need to take three months off, I would have given you every single reason as to why I couldn't do it. Now, I'll say thankfully, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But during that time, I had already started on growing, growing a team. But there were still some things that I, I did need to do within the business. And I couldn't, I just couldn't function. My brain wouldn't work, my body wouldn't work. I, I was absolutely useless. If I'd stopped earlier and paid attention earlier, maybe I'd have needed a couple of weeks off. I'm not saying a couple of weeks would have fixed it all, because you again you'll know that I talk, you know, one week off will not fix burnout. But actually, if I had given myself just a couple of weeks of proper downtime to make the changes that I needed to make, to, to understand the importance of putting myself first more, to look at my priorities, to look at the direction that I wanted to take the business in. I could have afforded to take two weeks off, but I told myself I couldn't. Three months off when you are running your own business, when you are the income generator, when you have staff to pay for, when you are responsible for keeping the roof over your son's head, that adds to stress, that adds to guilt, that makes you feel crap. I didn't make the time for my wellness and I was forced to focus on my illness. 
So when I, again, when I have journalists saying to me, but these people can't do, yeah, they can't, we're just choosing not to. And I'm not saying there is no stress coming from anywhere else. If I, you know, the thought of like, oh, I can't work for two weeks or I can't work for a month or on two, you know, I need to take a month off. Where is the money coming from? How am I paying the bills? How am I, you know, how do I keep the lights on? How do I put the food on the table? I'm not saying that isn't a real stress. That isn't a real concern for people. Lots of businesses are struggling at the moment. Lots of companies are struggling at the moment. Lots of employees are struggling at the moment. Lots of people are struggling at the moment. I'm not saying life doesn't add to the additional struggle. But if you keep thinking that you cannot take time off and you are pushing yourself to the to breaking point, there will come a time where your body just says, not today. And that not today moment could last a day, it could last a week, it could last a month or it could last longer. Because you'll be forced to, because literally our bodies, you know, we're not machines. Lots of people, well, you know, body, our bodies and brains, you know, like the best computers in the world or, you know, best machine. We're not machines. We can't just plug ourselves into the socket, sit there nicely for an hour and come back ready to go. We're not machines. We are living, human, breathing beings. And again, particularly here in the UK as we're going into winter, right, I'm sat recording this, there's leaves blowing all over the place. But we're in winter, the weather's not particularly nice. We, you know, we don't want to go out more. And yet as the nights draw in, what's one thing that most of us do at this time of year? Like we go socialising even more, we go partying even more. The Christmas parties, the Christmas lights, all of the stuff. And, and again, like if we think about natural rhythms and cycles, actually winter is a time that we should be slowing down. The dark nights are a time that we, you know, we should be going into that little bit more of hibernation phase. And yet we don't, do we? We want to party on hard. So we go against the natural cycles. We tell ourselves that we need to push harder. Some of us then tend to eat more crap. Because, you know, all of the mince pies and the chocolate cakes and the alcohol and the nibbles and the sweets and the gifts that get surrounded everywhere. So some of us change our eating. We start drinking more alcohol. We start having more late nights. And actually our bodies are crying out for more rest and more withdrawal and a bit more hibernation. A bit more of those nourishing, warming foods. And the majority of us do the exact opposite. We live on canapes and champagne for weeks at a time. <laughs> running on empty, running on no sleep, thinking we've got to keep pushing, we've got to keep working, we've got to keep doing stuff. So I want you to sit with that quote today. If I do not make time for my wellness, I will be forced to make time for my illness. And I've got a challenge for you. If as you say that, the first thing that comes to my work well, never happened to me. Talk about all this stuff, it's never going to happen to me. I, I am a machine. I can, I can keep going. You don't know what you're talking about, Kelly. I, I can keep going. I can keep doing I can make. I can last for another six or seven weeks. I can make it through to January. I can make it through to February. I can make it another five years until the kids have gone off to university. I can make it another 12 months until I get my next promotion. 
and keep going until the house is built. If you are, to, if that's what comes up for you, right? Well, I'm I'm immune to this stuff. You know, I, I can just keep going. I want you to sit with that, and the what I want you to ask yourself is: Is this true? Is this true? Because that's, again, the question that lots of us need to sit. Well, you know, our audience can't do this. Our audience can't do that. This group of execs can't do this. The leaders can't do this. Any organisation I'm talking to, any business that I'm talking to, any sector that I'm talking to about burnout, what I will... Well, you know, our, our people can't... Our people just can't take that time off, Kelly. What can you advise them instead? And I'll give them that quote. If you do not make time for your illness, for your wellness, if you do not make time for your illness, you will be forced to make time for your wellness because that's the reality. So we can all think we're immune and we can all think that we're this separate group of people that are untouchable. We can all think that we're invincible. And... I hear you because I was probably one of those people, you know, I didn't, I was still, I will still say to you now, I don't don't get stressed. It's not true. I do get stressed. I just deal with it a different way. I do get stressed. I just process it in a different way. I see when my family members get stressed, my partner in particular, my partner works as a consultant. He does day rate. He works on a day rate. And I'll say to him, you need to take a couple of days off next week. And, you know, this is, this is somebody that I've been with for, what, nine years? Eight years. Eight, I don't know, I need to work that out, don't I, before, before he starts going, oh, you don't even know how long we've been together. But, you know, we, we, we have these conversations and I see his stress. No, I, I just need to make it through to the weekend. Every week I hear him say that and every week I look at him and think, you are displaying every single sign of burnout. And in 2020, he ended up in hospital and I saw the signs and I kept saying to him, this is what's going to happen. He ended up with, uh, what's it called? Car- cardio, cardio something. What's that begins with an F? Yeah, some uh, atrial fibrillation. Like this irregular heartbeat. He had to go and have his heart restarted and I could see all the signs. Because he wasn't ready to see the signs. And even now I see the signs coming in him regularly. He goes through this same cycle. And we have very different conversations. But for him, if I take two days off, that's two days money that we don't have in the bank. That's that's his driver. That's what he's driven by. We could absolutely afford for him to take two days off. He chooses not to. Nagging him isn't going to help. But I say the same, and actually we, we had the conversation yesterday. He was starting to get quite sniffly. He's, he, you know, he wasn't supposed to be looking very well. He should have been in the car for four hours today. And he's messaged me to say, I have listened. I'm not doing that journey. I'm at a different site and I'll see you tonight. He's supposed to be away for two nights. He's coming home. We had a two minute, like literally two minute conversation yesterday. Like, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about you. And this morning he's woken up and done something different. And it's pro- it won't be as a result of the conversation. He's probably just woke up feeling even more crap than he did yesterday. 
But this is the stuff that we have to, you know, we have to be paying attention to it way before we get to this point. But at the point that we start to get run down, right, if we start to get illnesses, if we start to get recurring patterns, if we start to be faced with the same issues over and over again, if we find ourselves in a cycle, all of these things are signs. And many of us ignore the signs because we think, well, we just keep cycling, you know, we just we keep going, we hit low, but we come up again and then we keep cycling. But we, we focus more on the fact that we've come out of it again. I break the cycle, you know, I feel brilliant. I feel brilliant this week and then we crash again next week. Oh, but I feel brilliant this week. I made it through it. Oh, and no, I'm going to crash again next week. We focus on the good stuff and we ignore the fact that we keep crashing once a week or once a fortnight or once a month or once every six months for a month. Because we've, we've got excuses for that, right? We've got excuses for all of that stuff that's happening. And I don't expect anybody to go and do, you know, make life-changing changes or make life-changing decisions. But we have to recognise small, consistent actions, small, daily, consistent actions, small, consistent changes are what will make the change for us. That's what we need to focus on. Small and consistent actions and small and consistent changes. So it doesn't have to be life-changing. Do one thing every day and that will make the difference for you. If you do not make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. I will leave you there for today. I'll be back with you again next week, 7am. Have a good one. Take care for now. Bye-bye.